Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast where you have your esteemed friends try to convince you to do something that you've never really done before. And yeah, if you know me, you know I'm kind of dyed in the wool on certain things. But enough nagging and needling finally made him break. I've been married and divorced twice. I play that game all the time. I know that. We here on Gaming on the Frontier podcast condone marriage as a, <laughs> as a safe institution in all shapes and forms. Good evening, all. Tonight, I am going to have my dear esteemed friends, Messrs. Sheffer and Thomas, convince me to start 5e D&D via Evil Genius Games Everyday Heroes. Now, this game has been called by many in its short time that it's been out, and I quote, the spiritual successor to D20 Modern. Now, you you know me by now, over the past probably 10 years now, I am an OGL junkie. I run everything Pathfinder 1E, which is backwards compatible through the OGL license. So 3035 D20 Modern Pathfinder, they're all linked. With the right conversion, you can even get second edition in. I've been hesitant about 5E because Pathfinder 1E serves my needs. Until I saw Everyday Heroes come along. Again, Evil Genius Games, the company led by Owen Casey Stevens and Stan Brown, who is known as Stan with an exclamation point. And this game has had help from Jeff Grubb, as in the man who did Marvel Superheroes for TSR. So some biggies in the tabletop industry have had their hands in this. So I looked at this, I said, okay, if I wanted to start 5e, I would do so with this. However, I am going to gain the advice from Bruce Sheffer and Jonathan Thomas. Okay, based on this stuff, how does it differ from 1e? How does it differ from other games? How is it similar to D20 Modern? Would this okay. be something I would bring to my table for my players to go, yeah, let's try this system in this setting. So, Okay, well, Jonathan, why, why would we care anything about D20 Modern? Well... For me, it's a good way, I think, to introduce D&D players, people already familiar with 5e, to the worlds of, say, Bureau 13 or Fringeworthy. I can just say, hey, let's take these mechanics that you're fairly well you know, familiar with, and let's bring it into a modern-day setting with you know, this game, and you're hunting monsters in modern day, or exploring alternate worlds in modern day, but you're, you know, we'll stick to the mechanics you're familiar with. So, the fact that we developed D20 uh, Bureau 13 and D20 Fringery with the D20 modern system has no factor in here, right? It depends on the uh, the group I'm dealing with. A lot of the, the groups I'm encountering today have no idea about 3.5 or OGL. 
Okay. All right. I just, I just, was but yeah, I'm like giving you a softball pitch, no, saying, no, you know, yeah, we we know a lot about D20 Modern <laughs> because we developed two full game games versions of uh, our favorite games. I was going to let that, that be system. yours. I was going to let that be your baby, Bruce. Oh man. <laughs> Jonathan's <laughs> like, I wasn't around at that time. I, I was, softball yeah. pitched that right to you, dude. <laughs> what was that old foghorn leghorn? I keep a pitching them and you keep a ducking them. Ducking them that yeah, is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, so first of all, let's be real clear about this. This is, you know, some version of 5e. Yes. Okay. And, and that's important to know because there's a lot of stuff that goes along with it. If you've ever played 5e, you know that it is, uh, it is no more uh, like 2E or uh, and no more like Pathfinder than 4E you know, was like them. Okay, it's basically it is a um, it is it's a, a, its own edition. It has a lot of changes in it that are true to itself, and this version of it has some major points of of, of divergence as well. Uh, and so when we talk about doing this, just keep in mind the fact that, you know, what we're saying is, is that you could go and play D and D with the straight five E this is the player's handbook. Okay. But this is a different version of five E that you might actually like better because of what it brings to the table. So yeah. that's kind of what I, I think we're heading at. Is that not right, Travis? Well, well, my, my thing was I, I I'll play a fantasy game. I prefer, Blech. prefer more modern and futuristic. That's why I'm so heavily into D20 modern and D20 future from uh-huh. Wizards. And if I was going to start doing 5e D&D, I would rather do it this way. Problem is I am not familiar with 5e to sure. go into this, and that's why, like, okay, I know Bruce plays 5e. He knows the rules far better than I do. We've discussed right. that at length. So, okay, elevator pitch, basically. Right. I trust Bruce judgment. So, okay, we're going to, he's going to try right. to convince me that sure. if I'm going to do 5e, this would be for you because of this, this, and this, and you prefer modern right. games. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, let's talk about what is familiar. Okay. All right. Uh, it's still a, it's a D20 system where, uh, it was ever since 3, 3.0 and Pathfinder, all you're trying to roll high yes. in order to succeed. Okay. You have um, you roll the d20 and you add modifiers to it based upon your attributes. Okay, plus any other special modifiers that might go into it. All right, you know, depending upon classes and things like that. Okay, so that's still there. Okay. Yeah. Like um, there are saving throws, just like before. Okay, except you know, and your boat, uh, and and the the bone the ones, and you have a thing called proficiency. Which is a small number, but still, if you are proficient with certain kinds of saving throws, meaning like if you were a uh, a fighter, you're going to be proficient in Constitution saving throws, and you're going to be proficient in, um, uh, I think, strength saving throws. Okay. Yes. While somebody who was a more agile character would be proficient in dexterity saving throws, uh, and uh, and somebody who was you know, used to, you know, have a a stronger sense of self, resisting people who are trying to, uh, uh, you know, influence 
Okay, either that would be a charisma saving throw or it would be a wisdom saving throw. So those are all there from you know that, that you're used to. Okay, and just depending upon the the particular character, you know, the, you know, uh, I'm being loose about this because they do have some differences in here. The kind the kind of character you create, they get bonuses that for that. Likewise, there are skills and. Um, and the skills get bonuses from the associated stats, plus bonuses if you happen to be trained in those skills, okay, which come from your proficiency bonus, plus perhaps some additional bonuses from whatever it is that makes you a unique character, you know, that's, um, so that's there too. So, you know, so you got those things going for you that are similar, all right? Uh, there are two primary forms of, of attack, one is melee attacks, okay, which does slashing, bludgeoning, piercing damage, just like you're used to, okay. Or they're ranged attacks, which primarily do um, uh, do pe uh, piercing damage, you know, like guns, ballistic damage, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, thrown objects are you know, like explosions, gas attacks, other things like that. Those are all very special, and that's where you might see some differences depending upon how the rules are handling that. Okay, so so you got say so so basically you have the normal forms of attack you're used to. Okay, uh, you know, and uh, and the various weapons that are special could be considered along the lines of magical type spells and effects that cause certain status effects to come into play. You know, that might paralyze you, blind you, deafen you, uh, stun you, uh, and possibly even kill you, uh, poison. Again, these are all things that you should be familiar with if you're yeah. used to 3-0 or later Pathfinder such. So, okay, that's the, so that, that's your cushion. That's your buffer. That, you know, that's where you can say, hey, you know, no matter what happens, I understand this. You know, there's going to be some changes, sure, but, you know, Hopefully, the changes are going to be things that really provide some benefits, right? So, uh, now, Jonathan, you know, in D&D 5.0, they really don't have anything that would be, you know, there's no progression, okay? You've got, you've got your simple uh, uh, ranged and melee weapons, and you've got your advanced melee and ranged weapons, advanced being like better swords and uh, maybe bigger weapons uh, like glaze, pole arms, like that. And then right. your better melee we uh, range weapons are usually things like heavy crossbows or, you know, other types of things before you start adding in special qualities like magical qualities, right? So yeah. in Travis's game, since he incorporates time travel and people from other dimensions from much higher tech levels, than what would be in a standard D and D type environment, you know, it's really hard for him to go and create, you know, say how do I resolve these situations, you know, when my game system doesn't include even the possibility that these things exist until fairly recently, because with the artificer, you now have artillery, you now have black powder weapons, even more modern weapons that fire shell, you know, you know, fire multiple times, they have automatic weapon fire. Right. So a game, so you can see how a game like um, Everyday Heroes, which you know is built along the lines of the the D twenty modern, which natively incorporates things like advanced weapons like machine guns, shotguns, you know those kinds of weapons. 
as not magical, just other forms of damage dealers. Okay, you know, it's it's a lot it's a lot more comfortable, let's say. You get more of a feeling like your system is ready to handle things like that suddenly popping up into the game system, right? Yeah, I mean, because it's it's built for modern day. So you've got your modern day weaponry and it even includes the rules for the more archaic historical weaponry. Right. Although they call I, them instead of archaic, they call them historical. Right. I haven't I haven't found anything yet about futuristic weaponry but again based on from what i'm you know what i've seen of this you know and it being you know very much based off of a realistic modern day setting i'm not surprised but if yeah. you're you know an experienced gm you you homebrew yeah you're gonna if, homebrew yeah. Eventually. If you had a a, a uh, you know a, a copy of d20 future uh you, oh yeah uh, which is again based on the d20 modern system mm. you would you could have whole lists of of weapons that are, you know, plasma-based, you know, those kinds of things, and just incorporate. They, there's a couple of special stats that would be missing from those, which, which is what we're going to talk a little bit about, um, but that's, that's there, okay? So, uh, the, you know, the, so these resources, you know, you can still, you know, essentially, with a little bit of help, use stuff from earlier editions, especially D20 Modern, in mm-hmm. your new Everyday Heroes 5e uh, campaign, which if you want to play it as straight D and D, you could because you know I mean it wouldn't have spells in it, uh, uh, you know because it doesn't include that natively in it. Uh, but I mean all the weapons that you would have, you know your your um, you know like I say your daggers, your swords, your crossbows, your uh, uh, bludgeoning type weapons, uh, they're all there, and they actually and they act. Pr- Pretty much exactly the same way as you'd expect. Yeah. Okay. Now, where it gets different is when it comes to things like armor. Okay. Mm. Because yeah. there is no armor class in in everyday heroes in the new version. Okay. What we have is defense instead. Yeah. It it acts it, it kind of it acts very much like armor class, but it's not given to you by armor. Not given to you by equipment. Yeah, you, you don't get a, a, a bonus to your defense from buying a shield or, or you know putting on some armor. It's it's pretty much uh, just based off your stats and your class level. Right, it's based on your class, primarily your class and, and your stats. So, mm-hmm. for example, if you were if, if I was playing a strong uh, a strong hero. Okay, well, let's, let's, let's get that out of the way first, okay? So, uh, you know, so unlike other versions of D20 versus, with the exception of D20 Modern, your base classes, and I'm making air quotes here, are all based upon the stats. So you have a strong hero, you have a fast hero, you have a wise hero, you've got a tough hero, you have a charming hero, <laughs> you know, versus charismatic, which it was the D20 Modern. Okay, I think charming is a much better term. <laughs> and um, so that those are your uh, kind of your base classes. But then they immediately take those and essentially give you a path underneath that, which they call an archetype. All right, which basically adds additional stuff. Just like if you were playing in D twenty five e, you were you were playing like a mage or a, a cleric, and you had the path of light. You had the path of this, or you know, there there were like subclasses already built into 
the 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 basic classes. Okay, so here the the basic classes are as you said as I said strong, tough, other things like that, and they have a a, a archetype underneath of it, which is kind of a subclass that that gives you special abilities that would be equivalent to what would be considered a class level in um, uh, standard uh, uh, in, in standard D and D and standard five E type games. Okay, so that you know so. When you go in, but when you go in and you look at the, your strong hero, your fast hero, whatever, they have a defense bonus listed by level. So the higher the level you are, the better you are at avoiding people's attacks, right? Yeah, which I mean makes sense in a in a in a setting where you have firearms. You know, it's avoiding death is much more about avoiding being hit in the first place. Okay. So yeah. it makes it makes sense to me that yeah, at this point, armor. It doesn't matter what armor you're wearing. Is like how likely are you to get hit? Period. It um, it, it comes off of your abilities. Okay, mm -hmm. and you know, uh, and so for example, a, a a strong hero would add a defense bonus that's based upon their strength. What does this mean? Probably means you pick up something and block block the. The shot with it, or block the blow with it, yeah. and you know, drop it. Okay, or you know, you, you know, if you're in, just like if you're a fast hero, you, just like the Dex bonus used to get, you know give you armor class, uh, you know, it, it still operates pretty much the same way. It's as if you took that particular one, but you're using the uh, the bonuses that you have. You have the 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 the, the defense bonus that comes from the class, but be. But you also get the bonus coming from your attribute. So, for example, is if you're a, uh, uh, let's say you have an 18 strength, that's a plus four. Okay, you add, let's say, a plus two to that, you know, from your defense bonus for a first level uh, uh, strong character. Okay, and therefore your, quote, armor class, your defense is now 17. So, you're, you know, rather than having to go to an entirely different stat, to determine what your defense is, it's all still based on your primary uh, class, which is that particular, which is that stat that is your primary ability. So yeah, it's like for all of them. Yeah, I mean, like pretty much, it's uh, you're going to get your your the strong hero is just as uh, what's the word defended, um, just as hard to hit as the agile heroes or the charming hero. Yeah, <laughs> they just use a different stat as which is their primary stat as the bonus to their defense. And of course, you know some of these things, you know, are uh, they give a, a better you know some things have better defense. It's, it's by level, so you so you you know defense can change depending upon the particular stat you're you know you're basing it on. So uh, so th there is some differences, especially as time goes on, as to how defend you know how well you're defended in that regard. And okay, so there's feats you can pick up, and that's another oh, yeah. thing is feats. Feats are not optional in this game. You, no. the whole the whole class system is based around taking feats. You know, much like three O was, and mm, probably yeah. much like Pathfinder is. You know, most of these most of these ones you get. Uh, feats at like second, fourth, yeah, yeah, sixth and level. I mean, it's a lot. You Even levels, at, yeah, you know, it's yeah. You, you get a lot of them, okay. And it's so like every other level, you pretty much get a feat, which was why it was 
you know, and again, in 3.0, fighters got, you know, because they got class-based feats practically every level, okay? You know, this allows you to take, uh, when you get a feat, you can take two minor feats or one major feat. So you can literally, you know, load up with all kinds of of, of interesting feats. So that's something that's going to uh, be be interesting in that regard. So, uh, but yeah, so getting feats is important. And, you know, I personally, when I first looked at this game, I was like, I don't like this game because it only has 10 levels. Yeah, that was the other big thing I noticed. That was my thing I noticed, yeah, and just, I was like, wait, hold it, that, that, that's it? What? Okay. Yeah, but if you think about how it is in most games, the main purpose of the levels is, is to really grant you more hit points and such. Yeah. Okay, you know. I mean, usually you don't get a, a, a new thing every level. It's usually every other level, you know, like a third and sixth or fifth and, uh, and others if you look at the fifth edition. This thing, by giving you feats practically every, you know, uh, you know every quite level, often. Every level yeah. you're getting something, either a new set of tra- uh, traits to, or feats to pick from or a new class traits. Right. So, so if you don't advance in levels as quickly as you would in, let's say, uh, 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 the standard version of 5e, it doesn't mean that, you know, when you get to 10th level, you're pretty awesome. You know, I mean, everything about the descriptions of the abilities at 10th level are all very, very awesome, which is a big change from when we did D20 Modern, because in D20 Modern, you know, all the special, they had, they were all advanced classes and prestige classes added on top mm-hmm. to your strength, you know, your, 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 your strength class, your fighter class, I mean, your, your tough class, your charismatic class. So you would be taking base classes plus advanced classes. So going to 20 was still the standard idea, even though you could only go to 10 in any particular advanced class. You could still, by the time you were done, you could still have 20 levels. This game yeah. says no, 10 is it, unless, of course, they bring out some book with some, you know, some prestige classes or whatever that add up on top of that. I don't that, know. That was one of the things I noticed right off the bat when I'm looking at classes. I'm going, okay, yeah, these classes go to 10, and that's it. There's no prestige class. You get the six archetypes, which the archetypes are what the strong, the fast, the the agile. The, then you have what they call classes, which are for strong, it's brawler, heavy gunner, MMA fighter. And then I also like, they have backgrounds and professions, which are kind of like the occupations in D20 Modern. Yeah. Right, but it's also very much like 5e, because 5e basically, you know, the way you create a character in 5e is just that you roll a set, you basically, you, you, uh, you will set stats. You pick a race. You're all human in this game, unless, yeah. of course, you decide to have aliens. Okay, yeah. so therefore, that's that part skipped. Mm-hmm. Okay, you then choose uh, a background for your character, which gives you bonuses in um, usually in, in proficiencies and various skills and uh, uh, and a few other little things. Okay, mostly the proficiency and skills is what you're looking for. Um might actually give you a bonus into an attribute. Uh, and then you take your class, and your class, um, you know, gives you all kinds of special abilities, you know, and sometimes gives you bonuses into attributes as well, like the, uh, um, the some of the races, well, actually, no, that was still part of the race part. Okay, so uh, you get special abilities that have to do with the classes. That's how 5e handles this. 
the way it's handled in uh, in this new thing, this new everyday heroes, okay, is uh, and of course I, I just went and closed up my little form here. Let's see here, okay. So the first thing you do is you choose a background, okay. You then choose a profession, something that you would be doing, okay. Uh, then you choose, you know, at some point in this part, you basically roll your stats. Uh, so, uh, and then you do, uh, you, and, uh, I think that's probably after you, uh, do your background before you do profession, but I'm not sure. I couldn't really tell. Uh, but then the next thing is, is called archetype and class archetype are your class, are your levels in strong, uh, you know, uh, smart, whatever. And then the class is actually the subtype that's underneath that, that says specifically, what your special effect is, what it is that you do. What your specialization. Okay. What your specialization is, you know, you, how you present yourself to the world, okay? And uh, and that's it. Then after that, just buying equipment, okay? So so for me, uh, I, I when I made, and as I said, basically, I made myself as a character, level one. So Trav, the early year, so to speak. And I did for class... I or uh, archetype in class, I picked charming and icon. Okay, because you, of can what you, I, can you know. do it in the right order here, though? Okay, T tell me, tell me what your background is. <laughs> background bookworm. If you know, you know. If you've known me for a long time, especially as a kid, back in the days when I was just Robert. Yeah, I was a bookworm. I read a lot. The profession creative, because I do the show, I do the podcast. I'm going to start doing another thing on Twitch. So yeah that fit into, because creative does count, one of the things is online personality. Right. And see, the profession gives you bonuses to your, care, uh, your, your you know, your stats, okay? Um, and then, uh, and it also gives you a number of skill proficiencies. It, and it also gives, it gives you a couple extra things, but it also sets your wealth level. Yeah. Which is something that they cribbed right out of D... Uh, D20 Modern, which is different than all the other game systems. Well, it, 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 they, it, what I like with the wealth level, it's 0 to 5. Everything is that. now. 0 D to 6 in this game, by the way. Oh, wait a minute. I thought it was just up to 5. Um, no, it's up to 6. Okay. But you, can't, you cannot be above 5 in character creation. Right, right, right. You gain 6 through adventuring. and Indeed. All right. Yeah, it says that that six is like the level of super geniuses and and evil, you know, masterminds and and huge corporations. Yeah, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, I looked at that and D twenty modern. You know, your wealth can go into the thirties, the forties, and you're like a multi like you know Bezos, Musk, what have you. So yeah, just the fact that it's that concise the wealth level you're not you know it, it's as not a much a gradation the one thing i notice about 5e yeah and i don't want to call it dumbed down i would call it crunch lighter on the crunch a lot lighter on the crunch oh yeah that was a big part of 5e was trying to get it a lot more accessible but not not quite as accessible as as for all right so uh so again your profession was what creative because it creative, creative. sample okay. careers online personality right. and i say it um trav and did you yeah. did you choose uh, any specific skill proficiencies uh let's see i well you get insight and either arts and crafts 
or performance. So insight and performance. Arts okay. and crafts, I can't draw. That's why I went into writing and eventually became a published role-playing game designer. <laughs> all right, all right, okay. And then and then you you took your art art type in class. So I I I'm I assuming you you were a charming hero. Charming and icon is the archetype charming class icon. Yes. Yes. Or uh, uh, if you were in uh, if you were in Japan, you would be an idol. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, no. There, there's a yeah. funny thing in Urban Dictionary when it's called. Yeah, yeah. I'm famous in Japan. It means like yeah, people know me as Trav, but I'm not like blowing up. Variety magazine, or I'm on EW, where you just say, "Yeah, yeah, I'm big in Japan." Yeah, uh, <laughs> that is the only good time you want to go to Urban Dictionary. Um, so, oh no, no, I scare the daylights out of Goth Bunny. I have a bit on my show. Um, yeah. Now, so, do, do, do you, do you, you know, extra credit here, Trav? Do you, do you know what the term was for that in D20 Modern? Uh, an icon. Uh, well, charming hero. Oh, I'm blanking, and it, it's. I think it was either. Personality. That's what it was. A personality. You're that absolutely it. right. Yeah. Oh, ding, ding, ding. I, well, Congratulations. No, like I said, old friend, it's not a walk down memory lane. For me, it ends up being a 5K fun run. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I did with that. I was like, okay, well, basically breaking down what is Trav. Okay, yeah. Bookworm, creative, charming, icon. Yeah. Okay. This. Yeah. And I looked how okay, these are all the things you get for these four things. I'm like, yeah, bang, this is exact. It's concise. As I said, I, I have the character sheet here, and there is a character sheet included in the PDF toward the back of it. It's a two-page. Uh, the front has all your stats, and the second page is just a list for talents, feats, plans, tricks, and carried equipment with bulk. And we will get into the whole thing of encumbrance later, which I saw that right away and I liked but no, I, I will say this. Character creation probably took me less than... I, I mean, I didn't fully equip the character and all that. But yeah, less than a half hour. And I was done. And I did it like last night. And just, yeah. So that is one of the things I'm impressed with. Yeah, you have the four different things you go through of background, profession, archetype, and class. And you would see those four components and somebody might go, well, that's all these four different things. That would take a long time. But I see this. If you mix and match it correctly, you will get the type of character you can play here. I like that. And for me, it's very close to the D20 Modern class and the occupations that they have in uh, the first part of D20 Modern. Where it's like, yeah, you might be a smart hero and you have the creative occupation, which gives you things like, oh, craft writing and diplomacy, and you get, like, what is it, three or four class skills out of, like, maybe eight or nine that they have for that particular occupation. So, yeah, no, character creation, that was one of the things I'm like, okay, I like this. If I can make a character in less than a half hour, if I were to give this to my players, they could do that too. So that I like. So let's move over and uh, and let Jonathan have have at it. Well, I was looking. One of the things I did like was we talked a little bit about uh, defense and how yeah. it's replaced your armor class, but yet armor still does have a purpose in the game. It isn't completely thrown away. It's almost completely thrown away. But it go is, ahead. But there is, but there is something to it is that you you gain an armor value now. So if you know if you say. Whether you're how hard you are to hit is determined by your stats and your your class, but you can still buy armor, and what that does is provide you with an armor value that basically can act like a one-time or technically more than once, but effectively a one-time 
saving throw again to take half damage against an attack. Well, zero damage. Um, I think it's a half no, no, no. Right. zero. Yeah, if the attack would knock you to zero or below, potentially would you can basically yeah. make a saving throw versus your armor, and if you make it, you know, if 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 the armor value of the attack is less than or equal to your armor value, then you can make this armor saving throw. And if you make it, you know, it's, it's basically like a concentration save. It's, it's, it's going to be 10 plus um, the armor value plus something else. And, um, and and basically, if you make that roll, then uh, you... Uh, I, actually, it's, I think it's the difference between the two. Uh, then the armor basically stopped the damage. All in, But the armor is now damaged which means yeah. that any further saving throws are going to be done at a disadvantage. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but it only comes into play whenever somebody is making a uh, an attack that would knock you below zero, which at first level is pretty easy, by the way. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and having to take that make that roll at disadvantage after that, it's very likely your your armor is not going to do you any good. So, uh, you know. And, and the only real benefit that a shield gives you is it provides cover, which means that it makes it harder for them to hit you in the first place. So it's right. the biggest benefit is actually in, in the cover it gives you. You know, so and of course they can still do damage to the shield. You know, if they do, if, if, the, if the attack that you know w- would have hit, you know, penetrate. You know, if it's high enough, it just penetrates right through the shield, anyways. Otherwise, you know, your shield could take damage and become useless. So armor, you know, I, I personally think they were wrong about doing this. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later, things that I would have liked different, done differently. But I'm just saying it's, it's basically armor is not any, it's not really a benefit to you. Uh, what is more of a benefit to you is buying special clothing that is resistant to specific types of damage other than cutting, slashing, burn, uh, actually cutting, slashing, and bludgeoning. Yeah. Okay. There is other types of damage you can get in the game, and that kind of armor is actually very, very nice. Okay. So yeah. But did you did you make a character or not, John? I did not. Okay. All right. Well, that's. I mean, that wasn't you know real clear when we set this up whether we would do this, but I did. I did make a character. Okay. Let's let's hear about your character. My character is Batman Well. <laughs> and I know if you ask him, and I remember this from the tick, the tick series, the old one on Fox with Patrick Warburton, what size are you? I'm Batman Well sized. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. So and it, and of course, you know, because A, you know, this is a first level character, so he's not you know, no matter which version you want to bring up in your mind, he's not going to be, you know, the the awesome Batman of who, you know. But, you know, uh, he's like Batman when he first started, kind of idea. All right, so so I, I started off saying, okay, I'm going to be a strong hero, okay, and, uh, and and that was the concept behind it. I'm going to be a strong hero. So, but you know, following along with what I wanted to do with this character. I said, all right, so my background is rich, okay, which gives me an ability score increase, either strength or charisma. Uh, it get, uh, I, I get a lot of languages. Um, I, get, uh, I get a proficiency 
uh, which I, you know, which I wanted to be intimidation, uh, because to me, this character is a lot about intimidation more than he is strong, but strong is really important. Okay. And of course you get iconic equipment with that, which is, you know, gold, you know, uh, gold, uh, uh, or plat platinum credit card, you know, the ability to walk around and just basically own the, own the world. All right. So then the profession. Okay. Um, so I basically came from a, a wealthy family. I got a sweet ride. I got a plus one to wealth level. I got a rent free, free apartment and Butler. I have a family lawyer that can get me out of trouble. And I have powerful friends who can who I who can hook me up with. Oh, stuff I thought it I said do. here choose one of the following. You get one of them, not all five. Oh yeah, I get them all. No, I'm For reading sure. wealthy family special features silver spoon. Choose one of the following. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, all right. I, yeah. I, I might have done that a little too fast. Seems like the stuff you'd get for that sort of thing. Anyways, um, but you definitely get the wealth level plus. That's not that's not one of the things you get, I don't think. Uh, let's see here. Ability score increase, enter charisma by one to a max of 20. Use either Choose either intimidation or vehicles, and then silver spoon, either the vehicle, the wealth, the apartment, the lawyer, or the powerful friends. Is well, the if you I'm got the wealth, it doesn't matter because, because the, the second thing I chose was the profession, which was independent. Yeah, uh, proficiency, proficiency bonus, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, to, uh, increase the attributes, plus one to, to charisma, plus one to strength, two skill proficiencies. If I hadn't chosen intimidation before, I would have chosen it here. Okay, rich clothing and a platinum credit card. Wealth level four, which means I am now wealth level five, folks. And I, uh, I would recommend that you listen to our past episodes on playing wealthy characters because we really did talk about how the benefits of having a really super wealthy character could be to the team. Okay. And I got a special ability of pulling strings. So, anyways, that was... Uh, uh, and you know, which allows me to get tickets to baseball games, but also allows me to meet with a mayor or other important people whenever things need to be done. When things need to be done, my guy can get them done. Okay. Then I chose the archetype of class, which, if it wasn't the fact that you knew I was becoming Batman, you might say, "Oh, well, he's going to be, you know, like a politician or something like else." No, I'm a strong hero. And I'm a brawler, okay? A brawler uh, mostly attacks with his fists uh, and can use improv uh, improvised weapons with no, no, no difficulties, okay? Um, I get uh, proficiency in strength and con-saving throws. I get to choose two more skills to be uh, proficient in. That brings me up to four, maybe five proficient skills at this point. Okay, uh, which would be athletics and possibly intimidation, again, depending upon what. Um, the, uh, the equipment is, says I get basic equipment, improvised equipment, and I could possibly choose what's called the badass pack. But frankly, with my wealth level, that's not what I wanted to go to. Okay. Well, it's and a re yeah, recommendation. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What I'm just saying is that this equipment they're listing, you know, is uh, I'm not too sure about it right now, but in. 5e, you know, a lot of it said, well, you've got all these kinds of, like, equipment packs that you're proficient in armor, you're proficient in these weapons and things like that. So, you know, that's that's something I had to look into as to whether, you know, you know uh, whether or not I am, in fact, 
proficient in all those those kinds of weapons. But anyways, uh, as a uh, uh, the idea of the brawler though is that you don't you don't use weapons. You primarily use you know your hands. You're you're basically a hand to hand fighter. Uh, whether you pick up a table and smash it down over top of somebody's head, or whether you kick kick you know uh, smash smash down a door with your face, or whether you bend bars with your bare hands. Okay, that's what you do. And uh, and 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 to support that, at first level you have crush, which gives advantage on any strength check to break an object. And advantage is a thing that they introduced in 5e, which is where whether you have advantage on any roll, you get to roll the same die twice, taking the better of the two rolls, which is yeah. a huge advantage. I, I mean, effectively, it's, at, like adding plus five. I think. At least, I mean, it, to me, it's amazing how, how 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 you know it's it's a huge thing. Okay, so I have advantage on any type of things like that, or you know, I, on any strength check to break an object. So, like I say, doors. What door? Boom. <laughs> They just explode in front of me, you know. And I all I'm thinking, not, all I'm thinking now is fat bastard in the UPS special delivery through the door. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. But see, when you make attacks to like destroy an object, the object has an armor value, and your penetration has to be equal to or greater than that armor value for it to just bust. And one of the things that crush gives you is plus one melee penetration value. So I'm just saying is is that it's uh, uh, I'm really good at busting down most things. I can't like just tear a steel door off its hinges, but uh, I can do that. That's where I would use a weapon. Okay, uh, and uh, the second thing is hurl, which gives double the range of any thrown weapon. This is a really nice thing to do in a team because if you're playing a scientist, one of your abilities is to create a uh, a bomb, essentially, that you that you could throw up to 80 feet. Hello, strong hero over here, uh, a strong brawler hero, who can now throw that object 160 feet. All these people think, oh, I'm out of range of that sort of nonsense. Hello, incoming. Not for me, yeah. Not for me, okay. Also, there's smash, okay, which does an extra D6 melee damage, or... D12 if you're using power attack, ah, okay. uh, and uh, which is a thing that strong heroes get. Uh, but if you're using anything other than your hands, it destroys the weapon, whatever you're using as a weapon. Ah. So I literally can break weapons over the top of people's heads. <laughs> so many broken baseball bats. Yeah. So many broken baseballs. So well, you know, and like I said, I. Uh, uh, I, I was going to go the route of all this really heavy armor until I realized that armor was really didn't really do you any benefit. So the fact is, is that I'm going to be dressing up as the 1960s Batman. Oh, okay. Because his his armor, he didn't wear armor. Yeah, he it was just a body that, stocking with a cape and cowl. Yeah. Well, but it also was. Uh, it also had a lot of protections against heat and other things like and and poison gases and things like that. So he actually was wearing a suit that was very effective against those kinds of things. It just didn't provide armor armor. He was just smart enough to make sure he was never where the bullets were going. And that's where defense comes That is the one thing that I do notice as a similarity between D20 Modern and this. They, in D20 Modern, and subsequent things like the Second World Source book, which was basically, oh, this is how you 
reconcile D20 Modern with 3.0 D&D. Cover is your friend. Because of firearms, you are not going to go in somebody's face when there's a gun. You are going to be using ranged attacks from cover. So I can see kind of why, I wouldn't say they nerfed the armor, but they kind of made it a little bit less important because here in this Everyday Heroes game, 99 times out of 100, you're probably going to be using a firearm to get your point across of, of I want to hurt you over there, you know. So, yeah, I see why they're playing up cover more. Yeah, yeah there's, you know, I mean, okay, so uh, and uh, so so the the special equipment that I want, and I'm and I'm willing to spend my wealth on it, is I want a rocket powered sledgehammer with a laser sight on it. You know that will do uh, d20 a d12 bludgeoning damage, but it has a penetration value of two. If I add the the uh, the crush to that, now it's a penetration value of three. I can pretty much take down a brick wall, you know, a, 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 a concrete wall with this. It's a silence on the Fallout other side. A super sledge from Fallout. It's a, it is exactly a super sledge from Fallout. I, I'm just <laughs> totally rocking that, yeah. And, you know, and of course it's modern day, okay? So the laser sight actually accommodates for the fact that I'm going to be doing an arc. So it basically aims where... You know, if I do the arc the right, what the the way it thinks I'm holding it properly, that's where it's going to hit. So it still acts like a laser sight. So I can literally pick where my target is, and a laser sight, according to the game rules, gives a plus one to intimidation, like say surrender or whatever. And I'm going to have this little thing where I when when it, when it fires the rocket engine on the back of it, it shuts up this huge spray of sparks, and I just basically some we. Bring this like boom. <laughs> Anyways, character concept here, folks. <laughs> it's the <laughs> awesome that makes the character ridiculously fun to play. Anyways, so that's that's something that I want to buy. I would want to buy with my enormous wealth. You know, to you know this this kind of special wood plus armor that isn't actually armor value, but it's actually protection against things like you know uh, fire, for example. Because if you wear a fire suit. That is like if you were a firefighter, it's minus ten to fire damage, which means you could possibly take no damage at all from like you know an incendiary attack or a flamethrower or something like that. Kind of like yeah. firefighters' outfits, you know, kind of like yeah, that. Yeah, or... So I'm just saying is if I'm going to wear armor at all, it would be that kind of armor, not armor that actually has a value to protect me against somebody you know trying to do damage to it. You see, what I'm saying. That kind of damage, more, but you know, it could all, and if I can also make it like you know impervious to acid, make it you know make it impervious to uh, poison gases and things like that. You I mean you know, I could theoretically just dress up as a fireman, you know, and have all those benefits because they had their own breathing apparatus and all the, the protections like that. But in a more you know, you know, high tech Batman ish way, you know what I'm saying. So that that's that's the you know uh, that that's the other kind of idea for armor I'd want to play. So that is my concept of a first level strong hero, which would totally beat the crap out of my first level icon, charming icon. Okay, well, yeah. Well, yeah. you would t you would convince me not to do it. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah, you know, don't I, beat you, me. I beat that guy up. It's more like you know you know hitting this face would be like destroying the Mona Lisa. Yeah, yeah.
Yeah. Wow, if there was ever fantasy role-playing, folks, yeah, that would be, yeah. yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, dear Mona Lisa, you know, is a little bit homey to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got this nice little smile, but, you know, she's, uh, you know. (laughs) Well, I mean, standards of of beauty were different far back then in what, 1500s? Yeah, Yeah, so... Well, she's no, she's uh, Nurse Chapel, okay? Okay, From yeah. The, Star Trek? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Major Barrett's character. Nurse yeah. Chapel, whichever version you want to pick. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, anyways, so that's, so that's, you know, create, that's how you create a character in this new everyday heroes, okay? Uh, and we haven't even talked about all the other equipment that's available. And they all have, you know, and, and, and equipment has basically either a wealth level or it has an access required. Okay, some things are listed as saying only available. Kind of like D20 Modern had the licensed, restricted, illegal. Exactly. Yeah. Still, that's still there. That's still there. Now, of course, if you're playing, you know, if you're playing a vigilante, you probably don't care about things like that. And, of course, you know, if I have the lawyer, family lawyer guy, then I can get use him to get me out of trouble. Yeah. I mean, it just depends on the the route that makes sense for the campaign, you know, and such. But, um, but yeah. So the uh, there's lots and lots of equipment. Okay, so if you can, you know, uh, so if you wanted to do, you know, wanted to do it more like playing D and D, you know, set it in a medieval setting, then of course all that stuff's there, and there might be certain things that you could only get access to if you had certain licenses, like a trebuchet. You know, somehow I think that someone having a trebuchet isn't like, well, I inherited it from my father. I don't think that happens. No, but unless your father was like a duke, <laughs> yeah, something like that. You know, it's uh, uh, they don't talk a whole. You know, though. I think that, like, you know, uh, in some games I've seen, they, they basically said uh, armor above a certain level was was restricted only to the nobility. You literally could not own it. You're not going to have a fact, peasant with we, plate mail, yeah. We just talked about this we, uh, uh, in the last um, uh, the last recording. Ecreme. Uh, 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 armor and certain weapons are available only to the nobility. Yeah. Yeah, you're not one of them. You can, you're not allowed to have yeah. them. By the way, so, A.N., how you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, in some ways, it's almost like a badge of office. You go walking around with your really fancy guns, and they all know you're highborn because nobody else would, would be, you know, nobody else would, would be allowed, you know, it'd be being stopped all the time, you know, uh, and, and arrested and taken away for, you know, having the audacity to use something above their station. Yeah, basically the first thing they would think is that you stole that from somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, who does this really belong to? Of course, that, you know, unfortunately, historically, that was very true of women. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime a woman tried to use something that a man would use, it's like, you know, where's your husband? You shouldn't have, you, you should give that to him. You shouldn't be using that. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it was a horse or a, uh, a gun or a sword, uh, or a crown. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, that's why I'm amazed that, you know, there haven't been a whole lot of, of female regents. I'm amazed that there's been as much as there has been considering, you know, and I, and I, 
I would applaud all of them, except that I know that some of them were, were in uh, many ways far more Machiavellian than the guys were. Well, you know, that's that saying, all throughout nature, the female is always the deadlier of the species. Come on. Right. But, you know, I know that in Chinese history, some of the uh, empresses of China were downright lethal, you know, on a scale that just I found shocking. So, you know. You know, uh, uh, Madame Bathory was. Oh her, yeah, yeah. Was not was was is unique in this in the telling of her, but not but certainly not any way unique in the sense of the the uh, the ability to to behave in cruel and horrible ways that you know all humans have the capacity for. So, well, what is it that Dennis Miller used to say? Mankind has the, the option to be either the most noble or the most barbaric creature on the planet, often within the same 10-second time span. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not with my daughter, you don't. <laughs> I'm sure you can I'm sure you can uh, appreciate that one. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I never had a daughter, so I never got to do that. Yeah, the run the running joke I had with Shelly back in the day. I have a katana and a tanto hanging on my wall, my outside living room wall. And it's the whole, what are you doing, Dad? Cleaning the sword. Oh, this is the, the boy that you're bringing over? Hi, yeah, I'm Mr. Pulaski. Dad, what? I'm just cleaning the sword, Shelly. I'm not doing anything with it. I'm not brandishing. I'm not. I'm merely maintaining my, the, the show weapon I have on my wall. What? Yeah. A, 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 a fine piece of equipment. Yes, exactly. It, it is a, to be maintained. It is a historical replica of a Japanese sword from the, you know, yeah. dad. Yeah. The fact that it can cut through three phone books stacked on top of right, each other yeah, yeah, really yeah, should yeah, be a yeah. problem. Yeah, right. Yeah. Should it? Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, I just yeah. uh, Bruce. Just out of curiosity, I looked up in the equipment section part called everything else on page one fifty eight and one fifty nine. What a laser sight does for you: one, it gives you advantage on charisma intimidation checks when you aim at a target with a laser sight. It eliminates disadvantage on attack rolls due to low visibility and due to firing from a moving vehicle. I like that first one though. You have all seen the movies out there where. We'll, we'll choose Lethal Weapon 4, for example. The one triad guy is fighting Murtaugh's family, and all of a sudden he notices, oh, crap, there's a red dot. There's Riggs through the side front door window with the laser sight on his automatic pistol just waving. <laughs> exactly, mm -hmm. yes. It, yeah, okay, yeah. I, 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 I wanted to see well, just... There's the ones where there's like 15 of those la little laser dots moving oh. around on top of people. Alias with Jennifer Garner and her sister is sitting at an outside cafe and there's this rotating circle of red dots on her chest. And Sydney is just there damn near messing herself. Oh man, they know where my sister is. Oh crap. Yeah. So yeah, you get the, the plus one for charisma intimidation. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's what, so like I said, my character was basically good. I was going to, I was going to optimize strength and charisma so that I could be very intimidating at this, uh, which goes very well with the baller part, you know. And then, of course, you know, not not just talk. I'm also you can back it up. Yeah, I'll back it up. We can gladly back it. Easy up. way, or we can do this the hard way. There, are, there are 15 different attacks that I can make. This is two of them kill, five of them, five of them incapacitate, and the rest hurt. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> oh no, if you had the agile hero sharpshooter, cue the line from Gregory Hines from Running Scared trying to him and Billy Crystal trying to quit or uh get to Joe Pantoliano's character Snake. Yeah. <laughs> Snake, I have here in my hands this gun. Now with this gun, I'm gonna shoot a lot of holes in this door. Now, if you are standing in front of the door, what can I say? Some of those holes are going to be through you. Are you catching my drift snake? And Joey Pants opens the door. Yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm seeing here just, I do like, okay, you have the archetype for based on your attribute, and then you have three or four classes based on that attribute. And, oh, I, oh. Classes this, based on the archetype. Yeah, yes. on the archetype based on the attribute. Oh, Mr. Stevens, I see what you did there, sir. Owen K.C. Stevens, through an earlier incarnation of Evil Genius Games, Rogue Genius Games, did something for Pathfinder 1E called Anachronistic Adventures. Basically, yeah, you can use the Pathfinder f rules for pulp adventuring. And he did the same thing. You had the six classes, uh, Cogitator, Daredevil, Luminary, Sensitive, Tough, and Enforcer, and about 20 different archetypes. Now, originally, the first part of it, he did, okay, these three or four archetypes are for this one, three or four for each of the classes. In the, the compiled version, he just said, no, you could be a Cogitator and a wise guy. Yeah, you're, you know, you're a leg breaker for the mob, but you also make gadgets that help help you break legs easier. So... I'm seeing Mr. Stevens, I see, what, because he's the one who runs Evil Genius Games, from which this comes at. EvilGeniusGames.com, by the way. Okay, I see what you did, Owen. Well played, sir. It just now hit me like, oh, wait a minute, he did this in Anachronistic Adventures, and I use that all the time. Ah, okay. This is Bruce Sheffer saying, there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.